You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al Jerry. It's Tuesday and it is a sad day of sorts because as all of you that listen to this or even listen to the Boomer and Carton show every day know, uh, Al Dukes is a huge music guy. I am too to an extent, not to his level by any stretch, but uh, the passing of Glenn Fry uh, of the Eagles, which was very sad. I mean, if you like music, you know, it's just another one of these guys, you know, we had was Scott Weiland the other uh, couple weeks ago uh, or a month ago, however long ago that was, Natalie Cole a couple of weeks ago, and then there was another one too. David Bowie. Uh, so it's been crazy. Yes. Uh, but the Glenn Fry one is interesting to me from, we used to commute together, I think is when you first brought up to me the documentary about the Eagles. Yeah. And a lot that went into that band and the sale of the music and who earned what and how everything went down. So yes, a very sad start today to our podcast. It's a great rockumentary, Jerry, that I call it a rockumentary. Uh, it's called The History of the Eagles, and it's on uh, Showtime On Demand if you have Showtime still, or it's on Netflix if you have Netflix. And It's on Netflix? Yeah, you can you get it on iTunes probably. It's like two or three, I think it's three hours long. Wow. Actually, this documentary. All, the, all of the members of the Eagles were involved in the documentary, and they all talk separately for the most part. But it's uh, really interesting, and I love like any type of music documentary. Another great one is there's one on uh, Journey, when Journey went looking for that new lead singer. Right, sure. And they documented that whole thing where they went looking, uh, and the guy was looking on YouTube one day. And that's how they found him? Yeah, the guitarist, Neil Schoen, I think is how you pronounce his name, the guitarist. He actually founded Journey. Wow. Steve Perry was the singer. But yeah, he said he was, uh, they were were trying to think of what to do because Steve Perry didn't want to tour anymore or record anymore, but they still wanted to go on. Sure. So he was up uh, uh, in the middle of the night one night, and he was looking at uh, uh, videos, and he saw a Journey, a, a cover band in, um, oh, I forget which country he's from, the Philippines. Uh, and he said he sent the guy an email to his YouTube account saying, oh, this is Neil Schoen from uh, Journey, the real Journey. Would you like to come? And that's a great documentary, too. Could you imagine, how, by the way, how your life changes when you open up an email? Yes. Like one day you're a cover band, you're probably just knocking around, you're doing what you can, you're Weddings, making some money. Bars. Yeah, you know, you have a it's a good life, you're not really working, you're just singing, and next thing you know, you are touring with Journey. Right. As part of the band. Yes. Amazing. That was amazing. It was pretty cool. Let me check to see if I'm recording. Oh, Jesus God. Well, if he's not... I am going to edit this part out. Hey, sure you will. While he does that, I will tell you that one of the first documentaries I saw that I got into. Start we'll start over with one. So why are we starting over? Ah. Am I really leaving all this in where I feel? I have like OCD where I don't think I'm recording. Even though I saw it recording. Oh, okay. 
Yes, Jerry, you were saying about Rocky Mountains? Well, I was just saying, you know, piggybacking off of what you're talking about, and one thing that got me into the Beatles was, all kidding aside, when I was maybe 13 or so, um, my parents or my father, someone got like a history of the Beatles video of gold VHS tape uh, for something, I maybe Christmas or something. He's like, all right, what am I going to do with this? He didn't like the Beatles. So I, I popped in and I watched it. That's where I learned of Brian Epstein and all that and the way they came to be and what it was and Yoko Ono and all. And it really changes, I think, the way you look at a band because all of a sudden, as we've discussed before, now all of a sudden these songs have meanings to you. You know, and, and the band has a meaning to you, and you you almost feel like you know them a lot more than just hearing the song on the radio. And it's the same thing if you read a biography on on a band or a person or something like that. So, right, a song that you've heard a thousand times before sure. now takes on new meaning, and you like it better. Or... There's no doubt, absolutely, because you feel there's a connection to it almost. Yeah, if that makes sense. There's another great one on Tom Petty that he was involved with called "Running Down a Dream." That one's three hours long, also. That's long. All about Tom Petty and how he uh, he had a, a house fire that burned down burned down his house with all of his belongings in it. Wow. He had another time when he was so frustrated that something he punched the wall and shattered his hand and sure. couldn't play guitar or do anything for for a long time. That's a great one. And then uh, you talked about like all the um, all, remember the old um, behind the music on VH1. Yeah, so they were, those, those were, were the great. best because they were always like I'd click on I'd be like. Ugh, do I really care about Hall and & Oates? And all and then, of a sudden, you're into it. <laughs> right. Five minutes in, I care about Hall & Oates. Now you're singing Hall & Oates songs. Yes. It is true. She's yeah. a bitch, or whatever song that was. A rich girl. A rich girl, right. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, the She's a Bitch, that didn't quite take on as their as their uh, top hit there, Jerry. No, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. I, I agree, though. Yeah, those and are great. The beauty of it is, too, I mean, again, with YouTube, if you go online and you just put in behind the music, you can watch them all. I mean, they're there for you to, to watch. It's sometimes we don't think to do it. Right. But I had a friend of mine, a girl in high school, and this was weird. So she was a um, nice girl, but she was out there a little bit. And so she, we had to do uh, some sort of a documentary biography, like a, a piece for school. And she decided to do it on Elvis Presley because she didn't know anything about Elvis. And her parents were into Elvis in the 70s and whatever, 60s and 70s, of course. So she does this whole work and this entire piece and this project. All of a sudden, she starts coming in wearing Elvis shirts, and she can't read enough document uh, biographies on Elvis now. Now, all of a sudden, you'd walk past her car, and she's listening to Elvis. And now she's getting upset when, like, Elvis's birthday would go by. I mean, you talk about flying off the deep end and really getting into you know, into the artist. I mean, holy cow. Did you have anybody like that where you could not get enough of reading about them and finding out everything about them growing up? No, not really. I mean, I've, you know, I've mentioned a hundred thousand times. I love the chili peppers. I've read, I read scar tissue about Anthony Keyes, which I think is great. I've read about Bob Dylan, um, which I always found to be a very interesting figure. I've read about the Beatles. I've watched documentaries on the Beatles. So I've done things like that, but I've never gotten, I guess the word is obsessed. Right with any sort of act or actor or anything like that. Oh, like I was locked in on Letterman. I couldn't get enough reading biographies and right. magazine articles and that sort of thing. Howard Stern as well. Yeah, no, I no, never. I mean, I got it again. I liked Imus for a while. There's no I've told you about that. And I tried to read up as much as I could on him. On Imus? Yeah, I've told you this I before. didn't know about your love of Imus. I wouldn't call it a love. Oh. I, I became an, an Imus fan. That is very true. When I used to go to high school, when I started driving, I never listened to Stern. I never listened to Imus because my parents didn't listen to either of them. 
my parents would listen <laughs> to the news. Right. As boring as that sounds. My mother listened to 101.1 growing up all the time. And my father would listen to, to 1010 Wins a lot, believe it or not. So, and then this station came around. And all of a sudden, this guy I miss is on the air. And I had heard of him, but I didn't know anything about him. And then I start driving at 17, and it just happened to be on one day because I was listening to the radio stage. Kind of like when they always tell you, lock your radio in, you know, Mets at night and I miss in the morning. Well, that's kind of what happened to me. And so I would say about two or three years, four years before I started working here, I started trying to read up on Imus and, and trying to learn as much as I could. And then you find out about what he did at, you know, 770 and where I used to do WM, you know, all that nonsense. And then you find out about the, you know, the, the whole thing with Stern. And then I started listening to Stern because of that. But I never got so locked in on any talent, actor, or artist that my life revolved around it or I was that concerned about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I would get, you wouldn't hole up in a library reading about Imus. No, I don't think so. With the microfiche, and we need to I'll read tell the old one newspapers. Guy I, now, Daryl Strawberry is a guy. I read his biography. Then there was a biography that was about Doc and Daryl. I had to make sure I read that. I went to spring training with my dad just to go see him, for him to basically tell me to get away from him, uh, which was very disappointing. So then when he comes in here now, you're an adult. What What is that like for? It means you, nothing to me anymore. Nothing at all. You get no. nothing out of Daryl Strawberry. I don't. I don't get anything out of anybody anymore. Really? I, I feel so. That's kind of sad. So numb to it. And yeah. I think what happened, and I'm not even kidding, is the first day I went to cover the Yankees, replacing a Susan for a day. She needed a day off. We're going back to 1998, I think. And I remember walking in the locker room, and it was like the first... I had gone into the net locker room a little bit. That was kind of cool. But then when they when Spitz sent me out, maybe it was 99, sent me out to Yankee Stadium. And I remember I'm sitting there with Derek Jeter, like, with a microphone. And I was, you know, I was 24, so I was young, but and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I was one of those kids at that point where I wasn't going to ask a damn thing. But I'll get the sound, but I wasn't going to ask anything. And I remember walking out like, that's it, like, that was Derek Jeter. My first thought was, holy crap, I'm in the Yankee locker room, and there's Derek Jeter to... All right. And you do that so often. And then between the net locker room with Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin and Richard Jefferson and Kerry Kittles to the Yankee locker room with all the times I filled in for Sweeney or Susan or whoever it was to the giant locker room in 04. And then all of a sudden doing the pregame and the postgame and they're bringing players to me to interview in Albany. All of a sudden you, you learn very quickly they're nothing more than people that have a little bit better of a talent than you have. Right. But, it, but to think there was, I would think strawberry would be different for you. I, I would have thought so, too, but it just, no, it didn't do anything for me. I love the guy, and I do. And you know what? When we have, like, S&Y and they have the great games on, my son will sometimes pass by it. And I'll be like, oh, Dad, isn't the strawberry with number 18 and the big looping swing? I'll still sit down and watch it, and I feel like I'm a kid again. But if you tell me Daryl's walking through the door now, I'm like, hey, what's up, Mr. Strawberry? I'll still say that. But you I won't even care. call him Daryl. You know, Herschel Walker was exciting to me. It was a one-time thing I'd never seen. Why never was met he him. more exciting than Strawberry? Because I, as we've told as I've told the story, and you guys tried mocking me for it when we were in Astoria, and you had a phony recording of me because you knew he was coming in that day. That was so great of you. Um, he's the one guy. He's probably my favorite athlete of all time. As a Cowboy fan, he was only there for a few years, but on a crappy Cowboy team, he gave you everything, and he was just an unbelievable athlete. And I love watching him. Does it also like it was like for me, and maybe this is where. Strawberry versus Herschel Walker differs where it would differ for me. I'll ask about you. Strawberry had drug problems and things. Does that taint his no. legacy for you? Like for me, it did. Like when I, I got to work, uh, when Dwight Gooden was going through his various rehabs, 
he he rehabbed down in Tampa, and as part of his rehab, he was doing something with the radio station mm. I worked at, and I was also a huge Met fan, 86, all, sure. all that stuff. But the fact that he had all those drug problems made it less exciting for me to meet him and hang out with him versus somebody like Herschel Walker who didn't have those issues. I'll tell you why not for me. I'll go back to reading the biographies about Strawberry and the struggles he had growing up, the fact that his brother was a cop and they— you know, he got out of Crenshaw High School and he was this big star out of a bad neighborhood and his mom was basically a single mother. And so I actually felt I actually felt bad for him because of the demons he had. And I remember when he went to L.A., I'm like, well, that's it. I'm done with the Mets. I'm rooting for the Dodgers now. I was so pissed that the Mets didn't re-sign him and the way that whole thing went down. And then he goes to the Giants. And I remember, and he had all the problems with the drugs in L.A., which I, who knew at the time that he was going back into the belly of the beast. And then he signs with the Giants. And I'll never forget this. I believe it was 1994 before the strike. I'm pretty sure it was because I was working at WJDM in Elizabeth with Joe Beningo. If it wasn't 94, it was 95. I forget what the hell year it was. And I remember that summer he is playing for the Giants, and they were playing a game in Philadelphia. And there, there I was in my room. I'm like 20-something years old. What about a loser? I've got the I got the antenna out the window with the foil on it, trying to pick up the Philly broadcast just to hear Daryl Strawberries at bats. That's how crazy I was. And so everything's going great. He's found a home in San Francisco, and then somewhere in that winter, he gets caught again. And I remember saying, "I can't." I mean, I just I was crushed. So it didn't taint it. I felt more bad for the human being, and the idea that this might be it for him. And then here he comes with the Yankees, and then it was great. I was no Yankee fan. I wasn't a Met fan. I wasn't a Dodger fan or a Giant fan. I followed Daryl. Where are we going? Number 39. He wore 26 first with the Yankees. Then he wore number 39. I went out and got myself. It's the last jersey I ever bought. A number 39 Yankee jersey. How about that? For your boy Strawberry. Yes, absolutely. And he had three home runs in a game. And he was part of the 96 team that won the World Series. He was part of, I think he was part of the 2000 team too, or the 98 team. So, and then of course he had the, the like, was it colon cancer, I guess, or whatever he had. And, so it's been interesting, but that's all gone on me now. So it was Strawberry your favorite player growing up baseball? Yes, and without question. Football was who? Herschel Walker. It was. Uh, there's no question. Without a doubt, it's Daryl and Herschel. Guys like Aikman and Emmett and Irvin, love those guys. For whatever reason, I felt, I don't know, I loved Herschel. I just did. Thought he was great. And when they traded him to the Vikings, I might have been the only Cowboy fan that was really angry. I'm like, I don't care if they got the whole Viking team. Get Herschel back. And I'm like, Jerry Burns, what are you doing can you run the guy 25 times a game? Because he used him terribly in his career. Went to, and he's with the Eagles. Oh, and the Giants. And what are we doing? Yeah, he was Christ. all over the place. Became the Bill Parcells of uh, the NFL. But whatever. So be it. Jerry, in related rock news, you know the song, uh, Bye, Bye, Miss American I do. Pie. I don't know. Everybody knows that song. Yeah, Don McLean. Yep. Sang that song. Well, he is 70, and he was just charged and thrown in jail for domestic violence. Now, what did he do? Well, I guess he was beating someone up. I just don't I know how at, at 70 years old you're still doing that. Well, I don't think your anger goes away. I really don't. Yeah, but you can't. Like, what can you do at 70? Uh, if you're in shape, you well, can do right. a lot of different My things. My dad's 72. He could probably still beat people up. How's he doing? Exactly. Again, the number, you know, you hear 70. I Like, my dad's going to struggle with 70. My dad's 68, I think. He's going to struggle with 70. Even though he's, you know, he can still play golf every day like he does. And I don't know anything's changed. But if you're an angry person or you have an issue in your life, I don't think that ever changes. But I, I don't ever recall hearing Don McLean of American Pie fame beating someone up, yeah, and well, now at 70, he's... Uh, listen, uh, in 25 years, you're still going to be smashing that phone at callers true. that you don't like. 
You're not going to mellow with age. I cannot be screening phone calls in 25 more years. So do you you have an out? you have a plan? (laughs) I don't have a plan, no. See, that's not good. Oh. I think in this day and age, you need to come up with some sort of exit strategy. An exit strategy, all right. Backup plan. Well, I let the companies I work for give me my exit strategy, and then I I, I pick up the pieces afterwards. Well, and, I don't think you have a, I don't, first of all, I don't think you have to worry about an exit strategy. You're oh, probably one of the few that does not have to worry about it. Is that right? That having been said, I don't think it hurts to think about. Like, have you ever thought about, seriously, if you yes. came in tomorrow, because it could happen to any of us at any time. Sure. You came in tomorrow and they said, you know what, Al? Thank you. Have a great time. You, you'll get your one month severance and then one best month of luck. severance. I've been here 15 years, Jerry. Whatever the case may oh, okay. be. Okay. What are you doing? I'm not sure. Like, you haven't even thought about it? No, I think about it all the time. I don't come up with a concrete answer. You've never come up with anything? Not a full, real answer. Not a real one. I think we need to start thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, I think about those things, sure. Right. But no answer. I don't have a, <laughs> so... I don't have a, I don't have a direct, immediate answer. I have a lot of ideas. Right. Well, we all have ideas. Yeah. None of us do anything about them. Well, well because we don't have to right now. When sure. you're when you're forced to, to do something, then you make a move. You want to hear a pathetic story real quick? <laughs> yes. And this is this goes back to being like fired and laid off. So back, when I first got married in 1999, I had a job working overnight, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I wound up leaving the overnight job here. As we've discussed, I was not making much money to go work for my dad and go work at Sports Phone and 106.3. I was working at 106.3 part-time. This became more of a... Not a full-time deal, but mornings, right? Wasn't making much money at 106.3. I was doing very well at my father and very well at sports phone. I was hustling my ass off. I was making a lot of money. Within four months, 106.3 was sold. My father's company, not that he owned it, but, you know, the company he worked for was sold, and sports phone went out of business. I went from where you want to go on vacation. I think that one year me and Kim went on four vacations. The next year I had no job. You want to know what, how pathetic it is when you literally don't have a dime in your pocket? I right. remember calling her one time at work. <laughs> do, you mind, do you mind if I take $4 out of the change jar <laughs> to go hit golf balls? Wow. You had to ask permission to get $4. <laughs> it's gone on his truth. <laughs> and I remember driving there and I said, it's going to cost me more in gas. To go hit these golf balls than actually pay for the golf balls. That's but awesome. Let me tell you, it was the sweet, and it might have been $5, whatever it was. They were the sweetest 25 golf balls I yes. ever hit because I, I took 20 practice swings in between each one because I didn't want it to end. Right. You really, like, milked it. Oh, my God. So I actually think about it often because it's kind of happened to me one time or another. Now it was different. I didn't have any kids. I really had no debt. Right. And my wife had a good job, so it was fine. But I felt guilty taking money. Because I wasn't earning anything. Right. When it happens to you when you're in your 20s, it's different than it is different. in your 40s. No doubt. That's a whole different ballgame. Because in your 20s, you can just do something completely different and, and be Correct. like, eh. That is very What true. did I have invested in this? Yes. When you're in your 40s and you're invested in your career, if that goes away, then yes, you have to be like, hmm. Very disappointing. Now what do I do? That's very panicky, too. Yeah. Absolutely. What I would like to do, Jerry, is play outfield in Major League Baseball. You and I would. It. Earn a lot of money, like Yoannis Cespedes Yoannis. is getting set. Hit another route the park. So I saw this uh, on Twitter yesterday. Uh, when when the Mets played in Baltimore this year, Yoannis went to Jimmy's Seafood, and he was uh, slamming just tons of crab legs. Right. There were, and he had tweeted out a picture of himself at this table just with all these smashed crab legs and all this stuff. So uh, Jimmy Seafood put out an offer there on Twitter to Ioannis that said if he signed with Baltimore, now this was prior to the Chris Davis signing, mm-hmm. uh, then you could get free um, crab legs right. for the rest of your life. How about that? 
I always wonder this, though. Like, this has happened with Boomer. He's gotten uh, the black card from Carvel. Sure. He's gotten the Subway black card for Subway sandwiches, which gives you uh, free food anytime you go in there. When you have some stature, like a Boomer or a Cespedes, can you really go in asking for free food? Well, I'll say this. I believe Boomer has told this story before. Eric Williams, the former Dallas Cowboy offensive line, I believe it was Eric Williams. Maybe it was Nate Newton, I forget, before he lost all the weight. They had that type of deal at a barbecue joint in Dallas, and they literally put them out of business. <laughs> they would go and get I'm free food. I'm with you. I don't know how you don't pay the bill. Right. Like, I could not, if I had a Carvel black card, which would give me free Carvel, I couldn't go in there often asking for my free Carvel. If you went twice weird. a year right. and used that card. All right. I think that's fair. But and people like go every over and over and over. Yeah, and it's happened before. What, what, what actress was it that did that? Was it a Kardashian? One With of free them. stuff? Yeah, one of And I, I hate that I even brought up that name, but it was someone like that. You might be thinking of uh, Kramer on Seinfeld. So he had won a lawsuit on the on the show uh, from, from uh, what was essentially Starbucks, but they couldn't use the name, where he settled for free lattes for life. So he was, every time he passed the Starbucks in New York, he was getting a latte, Is cafe latte. Right. And he said to them, you cannot limit my cafe lattes. I get as many cafe lattes as I want. I really wasn't thinking of a oh, fictional I character. Maybe, I thought you were maybe thinking of I, I wasn't. Oh. Um, no, you know who it was? I think it was Lindsay Lohan. She was getting free I, stuff? Yes, I believe. If I Yes, if I have the story correct, and as you just talk for a second, because you're really good oh, at that. Oh, all right, Jerry. I am going to just Google, what's her name? Lindsay, how do you spell her last name? Uh, L-O-H. Hmm. I don't know how to, how do you, I don't even know how to Google this. You don't know how to Google. If you Googled no, Lohan, no, no, she's got to no, be no, the no, first no, thing no, that no, comes no. up. No, 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 no. I'm no, talking no, no, about no, no. like abusing privileges. I see. I forget what it is because I remember Boomer. I I want to say Boomer did this once. Abused his privileges. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. I, I would swear it was her. Maybe she had some sort of a card like that for somewhere, and used it way too much. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I, so no even idea. if Yoannis signed with the Orioles, he can't go in there asking for. If you go in there and they. And you make an order, and someone comes up to your table and says, uh, we're going to pick up the tab, Mr. Yoannis. That's one thing. But to sit there and say, by the way, I get free crab legs. The re- I just signed a $60 million deal, and I think this $24 worth of crab legs should really be on you guys. <laughs> I know. You're right. Well, here's the deal. If you're Jimmy's, whatever it's called. Jimmy's Seafood. Right. Think about the publicity you get now. And if he signs, you're going to get massive amounts of... of um, of attention and all yes. that and publicity and, and right and free advertising. But it really depends on the guy you give that card to. If he is going to abuse that power, you're screwed. I mean, just think of the free advertising we gave Jimmy Seafood here. We have upwards of 2,000 people listening to this. And that is very true. And at any it, one given time. At any one given time. And if those people go down to the Baltimore area, have you been to that, uh, what do they call that, where, uh, near Camden the water? Yards? No, no, where the, where the water is, the harbor, the inner harbor. Oh, the harbor. inner harbor. Yeah, about five times. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Inner Harbor. I, I think it's very I, nice. I haven't been in a long time. They have a great Dave and Buster's, not at the Inner Harbor, but about five miles from there. Yeah. Great. Not the best area around the Inner Harbor to get there. Like, you get off the highway to it's get true. to the Inner Harbor. Yeah. Not the best. No. But, you know, where the where the, um, where the the stadiums are is great. They have really, you know, between Baltimore with the football stadium and the baseball stadium, Philadelphia's got, to me, the greatest sports complex, Just I think, right in the country. There. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go see the Flyers, the Sixers, the Eagles, the Phillies, you're going to the same spot. Right. And God forbid you ever have, sometimes you get those Philly day games and then the Jets and Eagles play at night in the summer. You can go to both, and it's you keep your car parked in one spot. It's right. tremendous. 
But yeah, no, we go to ball. I went to Baltimore with my dad last year. Great, love that place. And, and by the way, it's not new. It's not even a new park anymore. We forget. It's been around a long time now. Right, and, and it's that's, still. And that's what all the parks were made after. That like, was, we want to be like now, Camden Yards. Was that Yards. the first one, or was it? The try, or was it the Indians' ballpark, Progressive Field, or whatever the hell they call I it? I feel like it was the Orioles, Camden Yards. You might be right. I thought Cleveland might have been first, but if it wasn't, they called it the Jake. The as, Jake. When they first opened it. Maybe that was second. But I don't know. That's where the midges were. Midgets? Midges. Oh, the bugs. Right. Midges. The Jabba. Right, yes. Hi, Jabba. And he's now an Indian, right? Uh, on the Indians, yes. Yeah, they they apologize for the midges. For the midges. The midges. Hmm. I think this was fantastic. Yes. And today's Tuesday. Today's so we Tuesday. Have two more of these, which means I have a brand new Al's Boring podcast that hits your shelves today, and your phones, and your downloads. And this one is Katie Nolan. Very nice. Who made a big splash in the news? Yes, uh, last week after I recorded with her here, uh, she was summoned by Mike Francesa to come see see him in in his studio during a break. Look at that! And when she went there, he wants to be on her podcast, which then made big news. Very cool. In the sports media world. So I immediately thought, well, let me bump this Katie Nolan episode up while she's in I the would news. Do yes. So I'm taking full advantage. Where does she work? Is she working in L.A. or here? Here, New York. She's a she's New York, a New York girl. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was in Los Angeles. No, she is here. Very Actually, just a block from here, actually. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Look at that. In a place that you would never know is a television studio. Is that where the Dan Patrick one is? No. Or used to be? No, different spot. Isn't that where Beetle went? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, nope, also a different spot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. How about that? Huh. Hmm. Learn something every day. All right, now, Jerry, I'm going to record with Jackie the Joke Man Martling of You're uh, Howard Stern Show fame. You're I'm excited be, about this. I'm very excited about this. You should be. Any Howard Stern, it would be like if you were uh, talking to Imus. Well, that wouldn't go well. Well, you loved Imus. No, those would be like if I talked to Bernard, Bernard or Lou <laughs> or <laughs> Breen. <laughs> this would not be like talking to Imus. Yeah. I mean, what the FD uh, want. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, right, I'll see you later. Uh, it's the boring Show. Wow! With the real stars of the show, Alan Jerry.